Hey folks, welcome back to another Ruby Dev Summit interview. I am so excited. I am here with Jason. Now I forgot to ask how to say your last name, Jason. Is it Charns? Nailed it. All right. I should have just gone with it. Nathan or Jason Charns. Um anyway, uh so Jason is a developer from Memphis. Um he is on the Remote Ruby podcast. Um uh, I actually went and checked out Job Boardly. I was looking you up and I was like, "Oh, that looks cool." So you need a job board for your website. He's your man. Um, and I also saw that you're working on an active record cookbook. So very yeah, cool. Yeah, on, on and off. Yeah. One day, one day <laughs> I'll, I'll have it. I wrote and self-published a book and I can tell you that is a, a ton of work. So for some reason, I thought it would be, I don't know, better is not the right word. I don't know. For some reason in my head, I had painted this picture that it would be simpler than building an online yeah. course which i've done before and it's mm-hmm. harder than doing a course for me so yeah yep it's definitely a different experience to be sure so yeah because like with my videos i just kind of like i hit the record button um yeah would go and if it didn't work i'd scrap it and start over but i could just like keep mm-hmm. reiterating on it till i like it but yeah. i have a real blank page problem with the book just like i don't know that the words are what i would they i don't know if they have the tone that i want i don't know right very hard yeah just uh, i'll I'll throw this out there and then we'll get to the the question about the future of ruby but my experience was um if i like getting started was the hardest part so once i'd get started for my writing session i would push it out as long as possible because once i was Mm -hmm. in the flow i could stay in the flow and I had I had an accountability partner and he's like, it's like you just cranked out like four chapters. And I was like, yeah, well, it's because I sat and wrote for six hours because I didn't want to stop because I was in the zone. And I knew that the next time I had to start again, I'd go through the same pain getting started. So anyway, I don't I don't know if that is helpful or not, but that that's kind of how I did it. I did it in big, large chunks. And then I went back and the, the trick I used to edit it was um, I read it out loud. And hmm. that kind of helped with the flow and the tone because it was like, oh, that's not how I want to say that. And then I clean it up. So that's good. Yeah. I'll anyway. That yeah. Well, uh, we did bring you on to ask you about this. So, uh, Jason, what is the future of Ruby? I hope it's huge, whatever it is. Right. I, I sure want to keep writing Ruby for as long as I can. And I think at this point, I think I may be able to swing that unless mm-hmm. unless things change drastically, but I don't think that will be from Ruby's side. I think that will be uh, external factors changing. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. computers. I don't know if that's other languages. I don't know. But right now, Ruby seems on a promising track, and I'm ready to ready to go. Awesome. So I, I'm just gonna dive into that what what are you seeing that makes you optimistic so keep in mind i guess my context is just web development so Mm -hmm. like there's a there's a greater like ruby as a whole but all of my context is i like i build rails apps right Mm -hmm. and so there's a couple of things one is that rails has had a little bit of a resurgence uh, in the past like five years i'll say and it feels like for a little bit it was kind of like up and down up and down right like even within this resurgence like it we'd start to get a little traction and then 
things would kind of level mm-hmm. out. But I don't know. Ever since the last two years, things just like people keep getting excited, and then like Rails keeps improving, and Rails keeps right. adding things, and that uh, that helps the greater ecosystem as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, you have people like Tim Riley and Luca making Hanami and mm-hmm. pushing Ruby web development forward, uh, and then. On the other side too, I, I mean, if you're on any type of social media where people talk about React, even like a little bit, uh, <laughs> there's there's some tension there recently. Yeah, there's uh, certain people not happy with the direction of React, kind of going. That's a whole another conversation, but people we'll leave it, it just that people feel a little disillusioned right now with React. And I've seen a couple of people, even if they don't talk about like Rails specifically, they talk about like H H T M X. It's really popular, mm-hmm. like yep. framework that people really like, um, which is similar, similar, not the same to Turbo and Rails. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't know. I just see as a whole a shift of people not as happy with the way they've been doing things, or not as happy with the direction things are going, and looking for alternatives. And yeah, we're. Us Ruby devs are here just like, yeah, where have you been? Yep. Yeah, I, I want to kind of pile on to some of that. So HTMX, if people are wondering, I'm just going to throw out some resources. HTMX, we interviewed Carson Gross. Oh, the guy awesome. behind that. Yeah. Uh, we've interviewed him twice on uh, JavaScript Jabber. Once when he was um, transitioning it from whatever he called it before. I can't remember what he called it. Enter um, something. Anyway, and then we talked to him last year about HTMX when Primogen and Theo and a bunch of other people were, you know, really hyping it up and saying, hey, maybe we don't need all of this, you know, heavy stuff on the front end. Um, we've also discussed some of the React stuff on React Roundup if people are interested in that. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that you're talking about that are coming down, uh, it kind of reflects a little bit of the keynote that DHH gave at Rails World. And it's like, oh, yes. But I've also felt that resurgence that you talked about. Um, I want to hit that and then maybe we can hit some of the uh, more front-end stuff. Um, when you're talking about Rails having a resurgence and Ruby having a resurgence, are are you feeling that's because of some of these improvements that you talked about that came out in Rails? Or are there problems that people are trying to solve that they're realizing that Rails is a good fit for? Or is there something else? In in my, my perception is the latter. So that mm-hmm. uh, kind of like what you said about I think it was HTMX just now that people are like, oh, maybe there is another way to do this. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, full disclosure, we write some React at Podia where I work, mm-hmm. and my like my hard rule is if you tell me, hey, I think like we need to put a router in here, like a React router, mm-hmm. or we need to use like Redux, like I'm out. Like, not like I'm gonna quit my job. <laughs> like that's where like that's where I'm like, okay, like no, thank you. Um, right but like like reacted at score i think is an example is like a really good tool mm-hmm. and i just think there's a lot of abstractions like built on top of it that solve a lot of problems that have already been solved in the space uh, and there's some that have not that reacts people use react for that we i mean we don't have an equivalent to in rails but for the most mm-hmm. part for the most part i think it's people think is there just like another way to do this that requires less overhead, less less things to keep in your mind. Right. 
yeah, I like that too. And yeah, as far as keeping the stack simple, which is kind of what I feel like you were saying, you can correct me, but uh, that I, yeah, there's a lot to that. There is, and especially the more you get familiar, I mean, even outside of Rails, just the more you get familiar uh-huh. with a, a stack that is simple, you could argue that Rails isn't simple, but again, another conversation. Uh, the yeah. more the more you get familiar with those type of things, like you get good at it too. I don't know. Rails, so like Rails, the thing is like, it's so magic. Like the more mm-hmm. you use Rails and you kind of understand the magic, right? it feels less magical and it's just like, it's a tool that solved a lot of problems you don't have to solve and there's there's a real there's a real joy in that for me and a real it speaks to to rails but also ruby is mm-hmm. like i just want to that's that's the whole reason i got into programming is mostly because of these tools and it was because right. i can just think about the problem i'm trying to solve not necessarily the problems i'll create uh that are unrelated the business domain as we'll call it like they're unrelated to like the logic i'm trying to write they're like side effects like oh right i mean that stuff happens but it happens less for me in ruby and it happens a lot for me when i write code that requires node modules Mm -hmm. yep absolutely so getting into some of the other stuff with rails and you know maybe seeing um people begin to see that rails solves some of these problems um where are you seeing this adoption? Are you seeing it more in smaller businesses and larger businesses just across social media? Yeah. Where are you picking this up? It's mostly, I mean, it's a really scientific sample size of social <laughs> media. Uh, people who appear in my four years. That's where I pick stuff Twitter. up too. I, I Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I see, I expressed this to someone the other day that, when you share content that just it could just be like i kind of like ruby like a real casual Mm -hmm. statement that really excites other ruby developers and they share that and so as a result of that i feel like i see a lot more of that recently of just people i don't even follow people i don't even know saying like oh like i need to give rails a try uh things like Mm -hmm. I saw somebody the other day, I don't know if it was on Twitter or X, whatever you call it now, say, like, I started off by learning Rails. I moved to React, like, moved to a front-end focus using React. Mm -hmm. I really wonder what Rails is like now. Just, I don't know. People are, like, curious about it again. Uh, And uh, that could maybe in my circle echo a little, like, uh, have some overlap with, we'll call it startups, like, not really small business, but, um, you know, like that's always really been something that was really popular in startup culture was rails. And I feel like you see a little bit more of that happening again, people like reaching for that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I would like to see large companies adopt it and, and maybe they are, and I just don't overlap with those people. Um, but right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an interesting conversation to have. And, um, just to add kind of what I've been seeing in this space a little bit is yeah, I've seen a lot of folks coming back to Ruby and rails in the startup space in particular, just because they can move so fast and get so much done, right? You bring in one or two developers and you can still just cruise through problems. 
Um, but at the same time, I also talk to people and they, they're working in surprising places, right? They're working in some of these big enterprise companies and they're not working on the main product, right? Yeah, we get people from Shopify and stuff too, where, you know, their core is still basically Rails. Um, but they're working on like internal tooling or, you know, reporting or, you know, some other piece of the action inside the company. And they, they're building internal apps with Ruby and Rails, even though externally, you know, they're running a .NET stack or something. And so uh, I, I think we're seeing it or we're we're going to see it in a lot of places where we don't necessarily expect to see it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the the job I had before Podia, like our it was a, it's a camera rental company. It's called mm-hmm. Wiz Rentals. Uh, and like the storefront was a Rails app. But like right. that isn't really what we worked on. Like we worked on the internal tooling to run the business. Right. And like it was very rails heavy and that was really my first rails experience and i don't know how many companies out there are like that like where yeah that the internal tooling that is a really that's another thing it really shines at and there was i don't know if they still have this app this was 2017 i remember talking to someone at rubyconf in new orleans who worked for netflix and they had it's probably, I want to say it was some type of internal app, maybe around like production or something, like production mm-hmm. of movies or TV shows using Rails. And I thought that was so fascinating. Is like when you think Netflix, you think I'm sure all their front end stuff or all their like consumer facing things like have really high uh, performance minimums they have to meet, things like that. And probably right. like don't involve Ruby. So, but it was awesome to hear like, oh, but for this project, like we don't just reach for that like we reach for ruby which is good for this i was i was encouraged by Mm -hmm. that i don't know if they scrapped it or not but it was right yep absolutely so you were at rails world i mean like i i don't remember if we said it before or after we started but we kind of waved at each other right yeah Um, yeah i was there busy time but from what you saw and heard there are there things there that you want to highlight for us that that make you optimistic there was a lot that was a fun conference it was so fun it was fun it was and there was a lot of there was a lot of reasons it was so fun Mm -hmm. um but a lot of really good conversations with people i didn't know at all just everyone excited to be programming excited to be at rails world um yep rails world had a big focus on things uh coming in the framework and uh-huh. so there was uh morphing uh in turbo eight right uh, there was Which I think releases this week or next week it's close yeah it's really close i went and looked at the uh turbo docs today and one of the events was like a morph event and i was like mm-hmm. am i like on the right page so yeah it's close and they're yeah, just they, so pro- they said on twitter today that they're planning okay. on releasing it this week so yeah that was um hearing dhh talk about like solid queue solid cache mm-hmm. mission control all these things yep. it was like we we use sidekick at podia like i've always reached for sidekick yeah. and sidekick is like it's really good um, oh yeah it's really good yeah. And all the goodies you get with pro or enterprise. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're on, I think we're on enterprise and like we, we utilize a lot of those features. 
Um, but there was something encouraging and exciting too at the same time about having another option and it mm-hmm. uh, kind of air quotes being like a first party solution. Right. Because that's one of the things I love about Laravel so much is like Laravel has so many first party frameworks and libraries available. Right. Like I think that's such a selling point. And so I, I'm happy to see some of that coming in Rails and also. I mean, it's not like you have to use solid queue and mission control. Right. Like active like we use active job with sidekick. Mm-hmm. Uh so like yeah, like that kind of stuff is I don't know. It's just encouraging and exciting to see movement in the space. And it's even more exciting and encouraging to see it like also happening at the top level. Uh it's right. not like it's always exciting when the community does stuff, but it's also nice when the people who like lead the framework and mm-hmm. things like that are uh coming up with new ideas. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I uh one of the things that I picked up from Rails World was solid uh, solid cache and I put it on top end devs and almost immediately saw a major improvement in the performance. Mm. And um you know, I I know that it was doing some caching back onto Redis, which was an instance that I had running but and I don't know what the difference was, but it was it was a measurable difference. Mm. And yeah, just seeing some of these things where it's like, hey, just plug this in and turn it on and, you know. This weekend I switched Jobboardly from Sidekick to Solid Queue to try it out. I was waiting for uh-huh. Mission Control, which is the UI. Uh-huh. It's like that it's just a UI dropped. Like last week, yeah. That's why yeah, I was yeah. finally ready. Um, mission Control being just like a UI for uh, active job. And right now, the only mm-hmm. two adapters that support are Rescue and Solid Queue. But um, it was pretty seamless. Like, I've had some, I think, problems just because I adopted it, like, pretty early. Um, mm-hmm. But nothing I've been able to work around. But, like, the overall experience, like, it took me, like, 10 minutes to ship it. Right. And my goal, basically, uh, kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier about, like, simpler stacks, is because mm-hmm. job really is something I work on outside of work and my time is limited. Right. Uh, I'm trying to look for like ways to simplify. And so like I'm on solid cache. If I get on solid queue, I may not need Redis anymore. Right. And that like it's not a huge victory, but it's a little win. Uh uh-huh. it's one less thing I have to like worry about. So yeah. That's that's yeah, that's another thing for me. I'm just yeah. I know this is all like really Rails focused. Um but that's okay. We're getting a mix, so yeah it's um i mean for better or for worse like it's so hard to not talk ruby and not mention rails so yep absolutely so one other thing that i kind of want to pivot into here is you mentioned that everybody was excited at, at rails world and i have to say that i've talked to so i haven't gone to rails conf or ruby conf in several years but as i've talked to people like the energy at rails world was different it was it was it was different um, and a lot of people like you said before too have been asking you know is ruby dead is rails dead and you really didn't feel that at rails world so are you are you picking up on a different energy in the community now or yeah and i think that energy is also starting to like kind of so we'll we'll I'll describe it this way. So like Rails World happened in Amsterdam, right? 
Mm -hmm. I'll say that it feels like some of that energy is seeping back to the West um, Mm -hmm. because like I have some pretty like uh, I'm pretty optimistic about RailsConf and Uh I'm really excited that uh, Andy and Ufuk, uh, Andy Kroll and uh, Ufuk Uh from Shopify, they both like became I think conference chairs for RailsConf. So like those are two people I have immense respect for. Mm-hmm. And even them just joining got me excited about RailsConf. Uh, and so now the thing is, can I swing both going to RailsConf and RailsWorld? Like, <laughs> right. like it's two or three months apart and not really like uh, from where they are. Right, geographically. Yeah, it's not that far apart. No, so, it's not. Uh, yeah, I think all to say like, you know, a year ago, two years ago, I would want to go to both, but I probably uh-huh. wouldn't like push really hard. I'd be like, oh, I'll have to choose one or the other. But now, right. like, yeah, I'm excited again and I want to experience that as much as I can because that excitement that I get at those things, those conferences, really pushes me. Like, it brings me back to work. Yep. Encouraged, excited. It brings me back into my side projects. It, like, I'm taking a little bit of a break from Remote Ruby right now. But like I'm getting uh-huh. close to being excited about recording a podcast again. Like right. I, I don't know, it's just it's uh, it's trickling down. Yep, absolutely, and I'm feeling that here too. So it's co- uh, it, it's cool. I'm a yeah. I'm optimistic, and just like at the core of whether I like this is greater than Rails. Uh huh. Um, at the core of why I like Ruby so much has always been like the people around it right like so many of my friends like legitimate friends i've acquired in the last like five or six years are all from the ruby community yeah like i've i've met a a few people in memphis i've become friends with like that's just so different than how my life was a decade ago Uh, and so that's something i never want to lose and so any type of excitement any type of thing that kind of like rallies people together like uh, in ruby i'm good i'm good i like that Yep, absolutely. If you kind of look into the future, like three, four, five years, what do you imagine? Where do you imagine we're going to be at then? I would like to hope that we've sustained this level of excitement. Uh huh. Um, I would like to hope uh, for Rails specifically that we're like. And they kind of hinted at this, uh, like with the Rails Foundation and Rails World, like having kind mm-hmm. of a regular like release cadence. Like I think right. that will kind of help because you that know, would, like yeah. I think we went from like seven zero to seven one, or maybe maybe I'm thinking six to seven. There was a time where it was just like we kept hearing about things that were coming, right? And they like it was like all right, all right, <laughs> all right. And then when it dropped, yeah. like, like it boosted a lot of people. And so uh-huh. I think a regular cadence would be good. I hope to see, I would like to see more use cases for Ruby. I don't know if we ever will, but I would like to see more use cases for Ruby in web development. Like, uh-huh. I'd like to, like, optimistic about, I mentioned earlier, like, progress of Hanami. Uh, right. Any, like, new at like uh new domains that aren't web development for ruby i think would be helpful uh really helpful for the adoption of ruby but i i kind of wonder if we've seen 
the heyday of Ruby adoption outside of web development. But we'll see. It's yeah. Um, for sure. So I've talked to a bunch of people in some of these other spaces, right? Where um whether it's engines like uh Opal or Wasm mm. or um Dragon Ruby. Oh, um, Dragon right? Ruby. Oh, yes. Love Dragon Ruby. Yeah. Have you talked have to, you talked with okay, yeah. I talked to Amir. Yeah. He I interviewed him two weeks ago. Amir's right. so, energy is contagious. Oh, Holy man. hell. It's awesome. Yeah, we, we did the interview and he basically convinced me. So I'm doing video series kind of like uh, Go Rails. Um, but I'm doing two series. I'm doing one in Ruby and one in Rails. And so, you know, the, the Ruby one is specifically not Rails. Like there may be things that it's like, yeah, it backs onto a Rails app, but it's not Rails. And yeah, he pretty much sold me on doing a video game for my first series. So it's it's, it's gonna so be so much fun. fun. I yeah. like because I have because I can never just like look at something and be like, yeah, I'm gonna use that. Like I'm really like uh -huh. analytical about things. I feel like I looked at every possible like gaming engine there is. And yeah. by the time I looked at all of them, I was like, no, this one makes the most sense. It's so good. Yeah. I have a really good friend that has a Unity course and it's like soup to nuts like you you build in everything that you would ever want to build into a game in unity and, and you know and i think his course is worth the money if you want to go and build a big unity game but uh some of the games that i'm seeing people build on dragon ruby are just it's just like you know what i can start here and i may end happy here right right yeah uh, amir is demo videos he has one yeah. comparing like frames per second uh, I can't remember if it was with Unity or something else. And it was like, yeah, Unity's wow. the big dog. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's what it was. Yeah, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. I just got excited because Dragon yeah. Ruby, Dragon Ruby is an example of one of those things that, yeah, helps the ecosystem as a whole. Yeah. And, uh, and also, like, I keep mentioning, like, I don't mean just like keep talking about Rails. Uh, like, I love Rails. Yeah. Like, I like, I like using it. I also just really think the long-term sustainability for mm -hmm. like for Ruby itself would would be helped by having other players in the web dev space, yeah. other play like other users. Oh, absolutely! I just, I just really think the more the more available it is to use, that just helps everything as a whole. Yeah. Well, you're talking about having other frameworks in the space and. You know, that reminds me of way back in the day when they went from Ra Rails 2 to Rails 3 and they merged Merb into Rails, right? And you had uh, Yehuda just doing all that massive work. Mm. There were a couple of other people that were kind of major players that played a role in that. I'm just not remembering their names at the moment. But there was a t Tom was another one. Um, and then those guys went on to do Ember. Mm. But um, yeah, you know, we picked up so many good things from Merb right and you see this kind of cross pollination you mentioned laravel is another one and i'm pretty sure that laravel has some pretty heavy influence from rails and yeah so, we we talked to taylor on remote ruby uh, about a year ago yep and uh like he was a net developer before mm -hmm. he built before he got into php and then subsequently built laravel right and yeah like there's it there's definitely Rails influence. There's even Sinatra yeah. influence. Yeah. Um, because like with Laravel, you can 
define our, in the routes file you can give it a closure like you know like in, in ruby a block mm-hmm. and like you don't need a control or anything it can just like execute that code and like oh nice you know you know who does that really well sinatra, sinatra. Uh, so yeah. yeah it's cool um yeah they're yeah. Laravel's awesome but but they 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 invent stuff and we steal it we invent stuff they steal it everybody benefits from that right yeah so yeah it'd be cool if that happened more to just like specifically in the ruby space uh, yeah it would be cool but yeah, yeah. Mer- merv's a really good example that happened before my time but i've read so much on that because i found that so yeah. fascinating like that two frameworks came together uh yeah and it, it kind of explained too because i ju- i got into rails like three one three two uh-huh. there's a lot of I don't know the right word, mumbling about how difficult the upgrade from like Rails 2 to Rails oh, yeah. 3 was. And then like years later, it all made sense. I was like, oh, like it's because it was basically yeah. a new framework. Yeah. You you got all kinds of new core stuff that the old stuff just didn't always play cleanly with. A lot of the stuff moved moved with us, but some of the stuff just didn't. Hmm. So anyway. Um, I think that was also about the time when um, Rails moved toward Rack. Okay, that was one of the things they picked up from Merb was they they weren't fast CGI based anymore; they were Rack based. So, okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. A lot. Of, I also I read that like a lot of like the modularity of Rails mm-hmm. came from that. Like that was Merb's big focus. Yeah. And I just I don't. Again, it's just so fascinating to me because like I wasn't there, but like things i appreciate and love about rails now i mm-hmm. now i kind of know where they came from so. yep absolutely cool well is there anything else that you've been looking at in the ruby or rails community that you think people ought to be thinking about as we look toward the future i in my talk at rails world i, I specifically asked for someone to build a set of whether they be like web components, view components, a, a set of like beautifully designed HTML components that I can use in Rails and I will pay for them. Like, because uh, I, <laughs> that's the thing that I, I like, that's the message I want to push is that I want someone uh-huh. who's better at that than I am to do that because Hill and UI, for example, is so awesome when you use React yeah. and Vue. And it's awesome if you don't. It's just you got to wire up a lot more stuff that you don't have to yep. do. Uh, and like React, God, there's so many component libraries. So I really, yeah, I love the way like I love how components have become a thing. Mm-hmm. I just we need more people to like build them so that us non uh, JS component folks can right. use them too. So I've been kind of careful, unless somebody specifically asked me to, about it, but I've been kind of careful to not do a whole lot of self-promo on this. But um, I had a conversation with Daniel Kehoe. I don't know if you know him. But yeah. he, he did Rails apps and uh, Rails Composer, which was a, an interactive CLI to set up your uh, Rails applications. And he's moved on since. And so I asked him, if I could buy the Rails Composer um, domain from him, because he owned RailsComposer.com. 
and it turns out that he we talked and anyway so i got the domain from him and what i'm looking to build you've mentioned laravel and you've mentioned this idea around um view components that slot things in easily and uh i paid for a tailwind ui subscription mm -hmm. or i i don't remember i think it's just a one-time fee anyway whatever i paid for it um i've been moving a lot of the components out of the examples that i've been pulling off of there into components in rails and i i don't know that i necessarily feel good about selling those to other people <laughs> because yeah, I, I paid for them but i'm really seriously thinking about um talking to adam and just saying hey look um if people buy into tailwind ui and they're using it for a rails app right are you okay with me saying you have a license and giving me some way to verify that and then letting them effectively you know spend another 50 bucks or something to get access to my library yeah yeah it'd be interesting i know they have as you alluded to like it it's defined like in their terms mm -hmm. of service about not like not just taking and selling it but yeah an idea yeah. like that is interesting because yeah i really like i like using tailwind i like using tailwind ui and i <clears throat> i've been using alpine js a lot recently which right. has, i've enjoyed it makes rebuilding some of those components <clears throat> excuse me it makes rebuilding some of those components less daunting uh mm -hmm. but still it would just be so cool uh yeah like i've tried using oh I, the name uh leaves me right now it came out of the laravel space it was jonathan uh reanink oh mm. gosh um but essentially i'll think of the name uh there's a server-side library that enables you to use like react review front ends uh, -huh. uh inertia inertia js oh yes and uh part of the reason like i tried it out uh because there's a rails adapter for it was so i could use tail and ui components like right um and i think oh no that's a really good middle ground but yeah. if the things we're excited about in rails and like the direction of rails is mm -hmm. less less of that it'd be nice to have yeah some alternatives then to make your apps look nice without being a designer yeah and then the other pieces with the stuff that's offered uh, by laravel as a first class citizen yeah that's the other piece that i want to put into rails composer is um you know some of those other engines you know and uh, allow people to basically have you know hey this is as close to rails native right it's not blessed by the rails core team in the way that the laravel offerings are but um yeah just so that it's like hey look you you put your user management in you put your payment management in, you put this in and then my idea is to help i don't know the one the kick i've been on lately is podcasters right it helps podcasters do a thing with their thing and so then all you have to do is hook into those pieces right so you spend your first three days putting those engines in place and then as you build it out you just hook into that stuff and you just focus on your zone of genius but anyway yeah i mean i haven't thought about rails composer in a long time but i remember yeah i remember that yeah I so my rails composer it. is going to be here here's your tool here's your toolbox yeah yeah it's definitely it's a selling point of that community if i if i didn't love ruby specifically so much right i wouldn't mind writing php for laravel yeah so. yeah, absolutely that's also that community is super cool it 
They are. Has a, yeah. Has a lot of overlap uh, with the Rails community. There's yep. a lot of really cool people over there. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that have gone that way. So awesome. Well, uh, before we wrap up, if people want to connect with you or find what you're working on these days, where are you? Yeah, I'm mostly still on Twitter. It's at JM Charns. Uh, I do hang out on Ruby Social some, uh, same handle. And then that's really, that's really the only thing of value uh, in terms of like where I hang out. If I took you nice. to my website, you would see like, oh, here's a blog post he wrote in 2021. So. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Good deal. Well, uh, I've enjoyed Remote Ruby myself. So appreciate it. Props to you guys for that. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Until next time, folks, Max out.